Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of John Morris in Chicago. John has over 20 years in sales, marketing, branding, and communications. He is currently focused on building the Club Colors brand, media presence, communication style, messaging, and culture building to drive internal success and external awareness. John has trained and managed hundreds of salespeople, driven growth from multiple brands, and designed strategies to build culture, recruit talent, and retain clients and staff members. John has transitioned from traditional sales practices to a new style social media communication and content creation to create brand awareness and brand attention that drives lead generation and influences prospective clients to buy over being sold. John is not only driven within his career, but he's also passionate about motivating and supporting young athletes to be their best by coaching his son's baseball and football teams. John, welcome to the podcast. Ian, I can't thank you enough. That was quite the introduction. I hope that I could live up to how well you put that together and you introduced me. I really appreciate that. And uh, thanks again for having me. Of course. And I know you're really busy at at Club Colors doing marvelous things. I thank you for taking the time to to share some of your wisdom with our listeners today. My pleasure. Club Colors. I love the name Club Colors. What makes Club Colors different from the competition? Yeah, you know, uh, more than anything, I think that we have uh, taken kind of the distribution and decoration type of format as it relates to the promotional product and apparel industry, um, and we've turned it into kind of a holistic, full comprehensive agency feel in that um, years back, we changed even the title of our salespeople from account manager to brand advisors. And there was a psychology behind that. What we wanted our folks to do is to advise clients as to the best decision rather than just order take, right? And to make sure that clients who are spending money on marketing, that are spending money on promotional products, events, branded items, that they're getting the best return on investment. I know that sounds cliche, but the reality is it's a very competitive space. And the last thing that we want is clients having to go on a catalog and shop for products on their own and make those decisions when we know fully that that may not be the right solution for them to get the best return on investment. So our brand promise is uh, right solution, right place, right time. And we came about that brand solution because we were thinking about in our industry, everything is very much event driven, 
right? Nobody just decides they're going to go buy a thousand dollars worth of logoed pens or, you know, two thousand dollars worth of embroidered hats for their company just for the sake of buying them, right? They're supporting an initiative and more than likely they're going to give that out at some sort of a sales kickoff or like in the college arena, it might be admissions. Um, they might be doing some sort of an event, some sort of rollout, and it needs to be in the right place at the right time. So we're, we look at it from that standpoint. Can we provide the right solution, meaning it saves time or it's, or it's uh, proper use of their finances, their marketing spend, get it to the right place because they got an event and make sure that it's on time, done the right way so that that person making that decision is getting the best response, not only from the people they're handing that promotional giveaway out to, but also the executive team that's holding them accountable to that spend and making sure that they get awareness and attention and response. So uh, we don't order take, we advise clients as to the best solution for their business. And that's been our mantra and that's helped us to kind of build a mindset with our organization about the client. Love what you said, John, like going from order taker the brand advisor and you know that that's the consultative approach instead of the you know commission breathing door knocking approach which is really we really needed in today's economic world that we live in so it's kudos so competitive to too Ian. for leading it that's that's so uh, competitive right the last thing we want is order takers what we want is solution makers so um you know it in order to do that, it's process and procedure. There's a psychology to it, but it also is a culture. It's got to be a core value, and it's got to be standardized, duplicated, and repetitiously ingrained into the personnel so that they adopt it rather than comply with it. That's been our key. Absolutely, and, and it is a transition. I, I've done lots of training through, through my career, and uh, taking a company who's used to selling a certain way and getting them to change that, that habit, that behavior, isn't a two-day training course. It's training maybe to begin with, but it's constant coaching and evolution that's going on to make that part of the company's new DNA. So kudos for the journey you're on. I, 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 uh, I'm very impressed. So you talk Appreciate about that. branding. You, you talk about some different things here with marketing and brand. What is the difference, John, between marketing and branding and how do they actually support sales? I love that question. First off, uh, marketing is more of an outward push to, um, to showcase what it is that your products or services are, right? So that you create lead generation and so that you create um, kind of a call to action to encourage folks to give you that opportunity, that lead, that ability to present or demo and showcase what your, what your solution set is. Branding is about creating a feeling, right? So branding is the client experience, the buyer experience that you create. It's the culture that you create internally that fuels that experience externally. It's the traditions that you build. It's the way that you speak. It's building a community of people that perhaps will never spend a dime with you, but they will speak highly of you. They will sing your praises. There are a ton of people out there that know all about what Nike is about as a brand, right? They know about the lifestyle. They know about the athletes that support it. They may never buy Nikes. Maybe they're Adidas people, 
But boy, they could sure tell you what Nike is all about, right? So Nike has, and so many other brands, have created a feeling about their organization. Um, and so in our opinion, branding is about, you know, telling the story of the internal focus of the organization, the people, the why, and, you know, uh, how um, you bring people into a community. It's about bringing them in and holding them in. Marketing, again, is about sending the message out with call to action so that folks are aware of what your suite of services are and actually are engaged in wanting to speak with a salesperson. Makes total sense. That, uh, and branding go deeper. That's, that's, that marketing's action-oriented, if I'm hearing you correctly, John. Yeah, and yep, Branding's yep. an inside thing. It's what's your why, like Simon Sinek would talk about. That's right. I think branding is about provoking thought, and I think marketing is about provoking action. And when you have Ooh, both rolling at the same, yeah, when you have both rolling yeah. at the same time, because you can't really provoke action until you provoke thought. Like right. it's it's difficult to get somebody to actually take action unless you've given them something really to think about. And more now than ever, because of how small the world has gotten through technology and social media and all these things. Uh, people, especially in the younger generation, are making their decisions based on a greater purpose. You know, the younger generation right now um, is inspired by what your company is all about and how you treat people and the greater mission that you have as an organization as it relates to society. The W-2 has become less important. Um, if they can have both, boy, you've got a fantastic culture and fantastic organization, and that's what we're striving for. That's, that's music to my ears. Marketing and branding are like yin and yang. They're like the push and pull. And it has to be centered on culture, which I think so lacks in so many companies today that the culture has become whatever it becomes instead of with intent. I love what you're onto here. So, John, like, how should companies be building this culture to offset the remote hybrid virtual workplace that we find ourselves in today with COVID? Well, you know, that's interesting because um, companies really have to, because of the situation that we're in as it relates to the COVID crisis, to um, adhere to this. But I think they're coming to the realization that there's going to be an adoption of this in the workforce, and they're going to need to be able to offer both sides of the equation, which has changed the dynamic for a lot of veteran managers who, you know, um, maybe were accustomed to having more face time and um, having the ability to actually really transfer energy in person with their, with their team. And, you know, remote, remote status creates a little bit of a difference. Thank God for technology. Thank God for social media and Teams and Zoom and all these different things that we can use as tools now. But, you know, those things, um, they, they, they are uh, technology-focused uh, solutions, but they don't transfer energy, they don't build, create culture, and they don't really create a feeling, right? It, it allows you to communicate, but it doesn't necessarily affect the way that you're communicating. So we're seeing uh, more and more that it's important for companies to really be creating content, not only that is appealing to the external nature of making uh, people aware of their brand and making people aware of their suite of service and so, and so on, 
But a lot of the messaging that they're doing, they should be taking that content and they should be putting it internal as well, meaning they should be constantly messaging to their team what their greater purpose is. They should be supporting that with some sort of gamification of, of their business. They should be creating engagement uh, by prior to, let's say, a sales kickoff that you have to do remote. Send a welcome kit or a uh, pre-show kit, like a virtual brand show kit, where you've got promotional products in there. Attach that to a hashtag so that as these folks are sitting on there, you gamify the meeting and you um, create engagement on a live chat on this virtual type of meeting, and you're creating real uh, uh, response. And then on top of that, create hashtags where the folks that are really engaged in answering the questions also are taking pictures of their logoed items that they're wearing or that they're drinking out of or whatever it might, might have been that they got in a pre-kit, and now you're creating additional content which creates a momentum, creates a fuel, creates a commonality, and creates uh, unification uh, of, of the team. And that's, that's all about the team, team building. So I think that folks would be um, best served to schedule more huddles. Um, they don't necessarily always need to be about tactical conversations. Have some huddles and just go through what we do here at Club Colors. We have a huddle every morning with the executive team. Each division has huddles with their team. And the huddle goes like this. What was your, what's your positive? What's your priority? And where are you stuck? And we connect with each other. So we get to hear the wins that somebody had the day before or that they had just that morning. We get to understand what they're focused on. What's their priority that day? What's the collective priority? And then we get a chance to understand where maybe somebody's stuck in their personal life, their business. I had a, I had a tire that kept going flat on me. So for six days in a row, cause I couldn't get it repaired. I kept having a stuck of a flat tire. And finally, somebody said, for gosh sakes, I'll drive you to the place, right? And uh, <laughs> that, that, came, that came together. So sometimes it's a personal stuck. It might be, you know, a parent is sick or whatever. But that gives us a really good understanding at that point of where somebody's head is at that day. And maybe they're not productive and effective um, because they just don't feel like doing the job and they're just a bad employee. Maybe there's something rubbing them the wrong way that they can't get over. And now that we're aware of it, we can go to them through a phone call, a Zoom call, or if they're in person and say, hey, look, how can I help you get through this? We can help them focus on and recognize the positive and ask if they need any support on that priority. And that creates that engagement, right? So you've got little things you could do daily basis. And then when you're doing bigger things like an event or a show, support it with something that allows you to build the brand, create content, and fuel the brand and marketing mission. Love what you just said. It's so important to create that momentum, that team, and it's really hard to attract good talent these days with what's going on in the world. So having a culture that's attractive is certainly going to help uh, get to the right people, and then building the culture with momentum, it's going to help you keep them and create that team environment. I love what you're talking about, John. So. So you know, how it, it, these, look go, at? go ahead, John. Yet you were going to add. You know, these things they seem so they seem so easy, um, and in some cases they are. But there's a level of complication to it because just like anything else, nothing becomes adopted or becomes tradition or or stuck with without a repetition to it. So it's got to be scheduled, it's got to be planned, and it's got to become part of your standardization. And I think that you know. The things that worked when we were fully in office, 
you know, in 2018, some of those things still work. But if you haven't modified or changed beyond just having teams calls and remote calls and, and so on, if you haven't changed the way that you build culture and inspire people in the organization, and if you haven't engaged with them even further because they're isolated at home and they're, they're more on their own than they've ever been, then you are missing the mark and could be growing at a much higher rate if you had full buy-in from everyone and they felt like they were part of a team, even though they might be hundreds of miles away or thousands of miles away. You got to change those things and you got to support them. Otherwise, uh, and it's got to be done repetitiously. Otherwise, it just becomes something that, um, you know, is done once and then the staff goes, okay, well, they don't really care because they're not continuing to do that. They just want to know that day. Maybe they're trying to get a spike out of us in that moment. It's got to be something where they feel like you actually have their genuine interest in mind and then they'll buy in and then they'll pull the organization where you want it to go instead of you pushing them to go where they want it to go. Love what you're saying. Momentum, routine, things, things that like behavior, something that's ongoing. Uh, and, and in this new uh, hybrid model, we've got to adopt some new things. You just, you're right. You nailed it, John. You can't just say, oh, we're all good. We're on Zoom. We're on Teams. Everything's fine. It's got to be much bigger than that. And I love some of your ideas on that. So it, appreciate it. I love marketing here just a little bit. How should companies look? at their promo decision-making for the best return on investment on their marketing spend, John? What are some of the, the advice you would share with our listeners on that? Well, the, the first thing is, um, de depending upon what the event is or what the initiative is, look at who the audience is that you're providing that to. So some decisions that you're making are commodity-based decisions, they're price-based decisions. In other words, you're going to buy promotional products that are marketing to the masses that you're just trying to get a good price point and get a ton of stuff out to people. Unfortunately, those things tend to have a much lower rate of response, reaction, or call to, call to action, um, meaning, you know, somebody getting something that is, um, we call it trash and trinkets, right? Somebody getting something right. like that. That's great. You're getting it out and you need some of those, some of those things, you know, just to, to get the word out there, but are they really going to engage? So what we help our clients to do, what we advise our clients to do is to look at what their total budget is for the event and then break that down into maybe three categories. Let's say you have a trade show and in that trade show, you know, if you've worked a trade show before, you've got um, the executives that don't come to your booth. They send people out to go to the booth, right? And right. so... Uh, and then sometimes you do have some executives to walk the floor. You actually have a decision maker. So you're going to have influencers to decision makers and actual decision makers and then influencers to the influencers. So three categories. So if you have a $10,000 budget, instead of buying uh, two things at $10,000 for, for that show, maybe let's look at a premium giveaway. Let's look at an above average giveaway. Let's look at uh, a decent one and then a marketing to the masses instead of using all that budget across the board. And then you determine who gets what based on their level of engagement. So if they come to your booth, you get their data, you know, you scan their badge, all that stuff, but they actually engage a real conversation. They start to tell you real challenges or real problems, but they're just an influencer. Maybe they get that upper tier. If it's an actual decision maker that comes to your booth, really engages, really connects, gives you their, their information, tells you about challenges, tells you about their wants, 
go under the table, pull out the absolute premium one and give them that one. Um, so that they'll set up that next meeting and they'll be encouraged to do that. Right. So, um, and that's just a trade show, uh, version of it. Right. So looking at how, um, you utilize the spend, the giveaway based on what it is you're trying to achieve out of that. Now, on the other hand, let's say that you're just doing something that's an employee giveaway. Um, and you're going to do, let's say a hiring kit. Same thing. Uh, we work for some clients, some large, very well-known clients that hire thousands of people a year based on replacing and adding and growing. And they have three different types of kits. One's an executive level employee. One is a mid-tier employee. And one is an entry-level employee. Clearly, the executive has a higher lifestyle standard of living um, and is a, a higher uh, level of decision maker. And they want, really want to make a fantastic impression on that. So they're going to give a more premium level of promotional product and peril to those folks. Whereas the entry level, um, not to say that that person is not as valuable, but they probably have more entry level people that they're bringing in than a C-suite person, right? So they're making sure that they are customizing the solution to the, the, the outcome that they desire and the feeling that they're trying to create depending upon the, the people. So we look at, you know, what people should do in the way of that is not sift through a catalog. We don't have a catalog at Club Colors. We are the catalog. We're your personal shopper. So we ask a lot of questions to understand what it is you're trying to achieve and then guide you towards um, the right solution. Then we do all the sourcing, figure it out, send it to you and say, we believe these are the best options for you based on what you're trying to do. And the hundreds of other companies we work with that had a similar challenge, this is how they solved it. So you've got proof of concept. We love how you, how you position that, having a good, a better, and a best. That's uh, right. For different types of events, internal and external. Man, that's smart. That's, that's uh, very sharp thinking. So, so, John, what does the future hold for club colors in your opinion? You know, what's really cool is... Um, the company years back when it was originated, as it's gone through its journey, was um, first a distribution company, then turned into distribution and decoration. Um, then it turned into additional marketing services. But the dream of our co-CEOs, the vision of our co-CEOs, Jeff Almay and Chris Tossi, has always been to have this comprehensive, holistic agency feel. And one of the things that we believe is in order to have an effective marketing content creation process, you first have to understand what the brand vision is, and there has to be extreme clarity on that. So uh, in, in turn, in order to have a you know, fantastic brand vision, you want to create amazing content to get that vision out to as many people as possible internally and externally. So the next Part of our maturation, maturation process, which we've actually rolled out, is Reach by Club Colors. You know that we have a podcast where we're talking about um, the guest and we're promoting the guests and all these different things. Reach is about taking the full, comprehensive, holistic look at not only how do you utilize promo, promotional products to sort your, uh, support your brand, how do you utilize event planning and strategy and all those different things, but also now... How do you utilize all the social media platforms to support the whole 
mission of your branding and your marketing and your sales goals. So that is what we've transitioned to. We're rolling out reach. We've uh, put together some, some opportunities with clients to get a good start point. And what we're doing essentially is several different processes. We're doing a brand review where we can look at the overall brand, how you message and communicate um, internally and externally, and then devise a strategy for content creation off of that that supports all the other initiatives. And then we also have an ideation process where maybe you have full awareness of where the brand is going, but you simply want outside the box creative ideas of how to make the algorithms work in your favor, how to drive response and how to create revenue opportunities and lead generation off of brand awareness and content create marketing content creation. So in order for us to really um, continue to scale and grow, we not only have to have business development with our suite of services, we have to diversify our products and services and become stickier. So when we have a client, we can offer more to them and we have multiple ways of bringing a client in and getting their attention with one division which then gives us attention with the multitude of suite of services that we have. So we're just trying to create a multitude of points of entry for the marketplace into Club Colors um, so that we can show that we can be the one solution for all of their brand management. I love the transition you're going through. The total solution, not just the point player, pieces of it, or, you know, you collaborate with others to get there, but to, you know, one cook in the kitchen is, is what it's about. And having one organization that can do that full suite that you're talking about, John, oh, the, the world's going to love that. Thank, thank you. You know, you know for leadership role. You know what our co-CEO says, uh, Jeff Balmay, and part of the reasoning for this diversification is he said, look, you know, folks at organizations are hired on to have, you know, to fulfill their job description and maybe a little bit more. And a lot of what it is that Club Colors does, unfortunately, in their organization, um, some, some, their, their leadership, their boss, their executive says, hey, we need this. Who can do that? And there's nobody in that role. So that person just ends up having to figure out how to source, how to get a trade show booth, how to get a, uniforms for that, how to get promotional giveaways, how to get marketing collateral. And in many cases, that person is going above and beyond their job description. But even worse, they're not experts at it. And on top of that, they're managing five, six, seven different vendors to all be consistent with their brand guidelines, all be consistent with their logo, all be consistent with the right time and the right place, and to have a consistency of solution. And they got to do that, by the way, within budget for an event date, for a deadline. Now, you want to talk about putting pressure on a human being, my Lord. So if, if our, our co-CEO always says, our clients, the clients that love us, our intimate partnerships, the reason they love us is because they got one nectar ring or one back to pat. Absolutely. Instead of a, a ransom note strategy for marketing, <laughs> have an integrated, fully integrated partnership for marketing that becomes an expert in your brand and not just a buyer of, of trinkets, right? So I, right. I love, the, I love the, the, the path you're on, John. Now, John, listen, you've, you've stimulated lots of thought in the listeners today. How can our listeners reach out to get a hold of you? I'm sure you've got some things, some information you'd love to share. People would value a conversation with you. How, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Well, first and foremost, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can go to my LinkedIn page. You're going to see a clover in front of my name and a clover behind it. Um, you could follow our Club Colors LinkedIn page. 
I also started a Reach by Club Colors page and an In the Club, Power by Club Colors page on LinkedIn. Um, In the Club is our uh, company-sponsored podcast uh, where we have guests on from all different places. Right now, that podcast is on our uh, Club Colors YouTube channel, but we are now adding it to all places where you can find podcasts as we're doing a relaunch. We did 12 episodes, and now we're relaunching it, bringing it back even better and stronger as we learn from our mistakes and kind of um, enhance our, our strengths, right? Um, you can email me at jmorris at clubcolors.com or you can email marketing at clubcolors.com. And, um, you know, stay, stay tuned. Big things coming up. We're available. We're growing. We're adding staff. And uh, we're, we're thrilled and have a lot of pride in the brands that we represent and are hoping to add to those brands. That's fantastic, John. Once again, my special guest this week, gentleman by the name of John Morris from Chicago. John, I really want to thank you for taking the time and sharing your wisdom with our listeners today. Ian, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And for your listeners, help Ian out, for God's sakes. Listen to the podcast. If you don't listen to this one, go listen to another one. Give him likes, comment on there, give him five stars, help this gentleman to continue to build his business. He's building up companies and does amazing work as it relates to driving organizations with their sales efforts. So, Ian, thank you so much. Listeners out there, support this gentleman. Thank you, John. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.